Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. God's good. He's in the house today. His presence is so powerful here today. I've been preaching on faith and I'm going to continue on faith. So turn to Hebrews 11. And as we were worshipping, I just, I just saw this. I felt this presence of Jesus walking up and down with hands outstretched saying, come, come. And at the end of this message, faith is in your heart. I'm going to pray and believe for breakthroughs in people's souls. I'm going to believe some people here and you've carried wounds and pain in your soul for so long. As Marilyn was sharing, when you've got a broken leg or arm, you can see it. But when you've got broken hearts, you can't always see it, but it can hold you back. And at the end of this message, we're going to pray and believe for the Spirit of God to bring healing. I actually saw some people, and you were reaching out to Jesus, but it was like someone was standing between you and Jesus. There was someone who's wounded your soul or has been hypocritical. And whenever you try to get close to Jesus, you see that person in your soul. And today, God's going to break that. I just saw it happening. I saw people walking out here free from shadows that have held your life for way too far. And I believe for that breakthrough today in the name of Jesus. Even while I'm preaching, some of you are going to know that's gone. You're just going to see that person is no longer going to intimidate or hold you back from the freedom in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11.1, now faith brings our hopes into reality. It becomes a foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. For it is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. For we come to God in faith, knowing that He is real, and that He rewards the faith of those who give all their passion and strength into seeking Him. And we've shared the last couple of weeks about faith. Four key things about faith. Number one, faith hears the Word of God, and that's what inspires faith. Uh, Romans 4.20 says, Yet He did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in His faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Abraham had this word from God that they were going to become uh, uh, parents and they would have multitudes of generations of people. And he was 75 when that promise came and Sarah was 65. Another 24 years later, it still haven't happened. He's 99 and she's 89 And now it's totally impossible, but it says the Word of God had come and faith had come in his heart and he says, well, if God said it, it's going to happen. I don't have any idea how, but because God said it, it's going to happen. He had a rema from God. He had a revelation. And sure enough, the next year, Isaac was born. The amazing provision of God. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That Word of word of God there is the word Rima. We've got Logos, which is the written word, which is the uh, Bible we read, and it brings great truth to us. Then God will take a written word and make it a living word, a revelation. That's what a Rima is, and that's where faith really gets released. We have faith in all of His promises and His presence. And from time to time, God will just zero in a word. It will just jump off the page. It will be inspired to you. During worship today, some of you had a word of faith in your heart and you know it's going to happen. You just know it's going to happen. You can't explain how, but you just know. And I've had many times where I've read the scripture that jumps off the page and I knew that it was going to happen. 
That's what God says. Faith comes alive when you move from Logos to Rima, where the Holy Spirit adds faith to it and it's yours. You know it's yours and all your kids will get saved. You've got that promise and you know it's going to happen. No matter where they're at, you know it's going to happen. You've got that promise in your heart. Hebrews 4.12 says, For we, we have the living word of God, which is full of energy, and it pierces more sharply than a two-edged sword. It will even penetrate to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow. So read the word, study it, pray it, because when you do, God will often take parts of it and then make it a revelation to you, and it will come alive, and it will be yours, not just the general word of God. It will be the specific promise that brings breakthrough. That's what you put your faith on. You need to add faith to it. Hebrews 4.2 says, For indeed the gospels preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You can read all the same promises. There'll be maybe 250 people here today and there'll be a core of people who go out knowing that God's broken through. Others will go away encouraged, say that was a great word, and you were inspired, but there's others who'll go away saying, I've now got the answer. Because that's what God does in our hearts and our lives. Secondly, faith sees. So faith hears, faith sees. And we talked about the eye of faith, where God will show you things in the spirit that you don't see with the natural. You have an open heaven. You'll be praying and all of a sudden you are an open heaven. You'll be praying for someone to get saved and you'll see by faith as you're praying them in church and giving their life to Jesus. That's the eye of faith. You'll be praying for provision or healing and you see it and you know it. And many times that's what's happened in our hearts, in our lives. And Ephesians 1.18 says, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light. Until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him in the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realms. Wow. When God, I just pray that often. God, open the eyes of my understanding. Open people's eyes because we're blinded by the lies of the enemy. We're blinded by our own sinfulness and weakness, our own limitations, our own wounds. But when the light of his presence comes, it's like the floodlight just shows everything and you can walk in freedom. You don't stagger around in the shadows because our God is our provider. And God is the God that brings faith for the ideal and faith for the real. We looked at that last week. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, 17, 18. It says, If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from us from it, and He will deliver us from your majesty's hands. But even if He does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or gold you have set up. So they had faith for the ideal. Our God's able to deliver us. They had faith for the real, but it didn't happen when and how they thought it would. We're still going to worship God and not be discouraged or lose faith in you. That's mature faith. How many people have got upset when we pray and the answer doesn't come and we turn back from God or we just cool off and say, well, we'll just bring the biggies to God because we can't trust him for all the other stuff. It hasn't worked out yet. The enemy tries to get you offended at God and get a distance between your heart and your trust with him. But faith is trusting him with all of your heart, even when they think they could or should or other people said they should. 
Let's believe for God's promises and let his faith be there for the ideal and for the real. What about the Apostle Paul? He exemplified that. He was writing from prison. Philippians 4, 4 verse 12. I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. He's writing from prison in chains. His spirit was free. He wasn't chained in his mind or heart. And he learnt the power of that. He says, I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer. Teach us to aim for the ideal, but also to find grace for the real. God-given faith enabled Paul to believe God for astounding miracles, including the raising of the dead. Yet the same faith did not embarrass him when he was suffering in prison. That's mature faith. Where it's not based on circumstance, it's based on relationship and God's plans and purposes, which is greater than our perceived reality. That's God wants that faith to live in our hearts and our understanding to grow. God is stretching our faith and vision individually and as a church to see the impossible become possible. Oh God, we've got to see his breakthrough. Friday night, I lay down to go to sleep, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't go to sleep. And instead of tossing and turning, I said, Holy Spirit, why can't I sleep? And immediately, God doesn't answer me this quick often, but immediately I remembered Reinhard Bonnke's life story. It's a book this thick. I read it about seven years ago. I crawled out of the bed at 11.30 at night because I couldn't sleep, and for the next hour and a half, I started reading. That's a dangerous thing because you cannot put that book down. I spent most of yesterday reading and I'm about three quarters of the way through and my faith has just been exploding ever since because Reinhard Bong is one of the great apostles of faith that has seen tens of millions of people come to Christ and multiple journey of faith and it, it started with a faith. He didn't know this until later in his life. He one day said to his dad, how did Christianity come to our family because they, someone did the whole family history and there was only his small section of the family were Christians. He says, well, the story is in 1922. An evangelist from America who had grown up and spent a bit of time in Germany but then lived in America, semi-retired, he went back to Germany and started driving all over the nation preaching the gospel. And he got lost, hopelessly lost. He ended up in these back streets. He ended up in this little village where the Bonke family lived. And he pulled up outside the bakery and the baker came out and he started talking to the, the guy and he could smell the bake food. He was really hungry. And he realized that he was lost for God's purpose. He said, is there anyone sick here? And the baker said, just listen for a moment. And then they could hear the screams of a man down the end village house dying. He says, let's go there. This guy wasn't a Christian. They went down, knocked on the door, and that was Reinhard Bonnke's grandfather was dying in that place. He was screaming, he'd been in agony for years and no one could treat him anymore. And so the son, which was uh, Reinhardt's dad, took them into the back room. He walked in with the presence of Jesus 
and prayed for him, this guy instantly jumped out of his bed, totally miraculed by the power of Jesus Christ. The gospel came to that village. And, and this guy thought, well, the whole village will get saved. Only two people gave their hearts to Jesus. Reinhardt's grandfather and grandmother knelt down and gave their hearts to Jesus. Could I remember this is only five years, four years after the war and the nation was so devastated and everyone was just so depressed and, and broken. And, but they gave their hearts to Jesus. That was the beginning of the power of God. So Reinhardt's grandfather got miraculously healed and that's how the gospel started. So no wonder that's all he's ever known all of his life. And when I started reading, I thought, God, we have got to see the faith element. This guy walked, drove in that village, lost. But he said, is anyone sick here? And just went for it. And that he did that all over that nation. And God raised up many. I want to say, God wants to stir our faith. We had a lady in our church here several years ago. And she told me her story. She only lived here for a while. She came from the Sunshine Coast. She says, I said, how did you come to Christ? She said, it's interesting you should ask that uh, there was an evangelist on the Sunshine Coast and another pastor and they were doing door-to-door door knocking and saying, is anyone sick here? We want to pray and believe for Jesus to heal them. Same story. And this young lady who is now a grown woman says, my father was dying in the home. And she said, well, we're not Christians. We don't believe in God. I said, that's okay. If you're willing to let us pray. They walked in, went to their back room, laid hands on him. He instantly jumped out of that bed, totally healed. And she said, in the next two years, over 100 of our extended family came to Christ because that one miracle in Nambour on the Sunshine Coast. This doesn't just work overseas. This works in Australia. Folks, we have got to see the power of God. We've got to see with the eye of faith. We've got to start doing what God told us to do, to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to lay our hands on the sick and they will recover, to share the good news because what we have is the life of God that can break through traumatized hearts. And sometimes God will do it with a physical miracle. Sometimes he'll do it because someone feels forgiven and their hope comes back. God knows how to do it. I want to stir our hearts and God stir me again. Let's be men and women of faith. Walk with what God's called you to be and do. Not everyone's going to be a Reinhardt bonky. Not everyone's going to be like that. But God's called us to love and to give and to share. And some of you have been sidetracked. You've drifted way too long and God says, time to get back doing what I've always called you to do. Some of you had dreams and visions when you were first born again years or months or decades ago and God said it's time to get back to what I birthed you to do and stop drifting and, and living a life of compromise or seeing someone, some of you have got a pastor or a leader or a Christian has been hypocritical and that's been your excuse for decades why you're not living for God right now. But today that's got to stop. God's saying, hey, it's time to turn your heart back to the ways of God. Don't let anyone rob you from your destiny because so many other people's lives depend on it. God's calling us back. So faith sees. It sees the miraculous. Ephesians 3.14 says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and glorious power, then by constantly using your faith, 
the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And that can be praying a prayer of blessing over your kids or grandkids every night, believing that they're going to grow up to be who God's called me. That's releasing faith every day. Those who got learning difficulties at school, you get the support and help, but believing for God to break through and turn that around. Whatever it is, trauma that's come, instead of letting that rule our lives, just say, God, you've got a better plan than that. That's what it's daily living by faith. It goes on, the, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and exclusive it is. Inclusive, sorry, not exclusive. Someone was awake. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Oh God, we live so far below what God's called us to do so often. I'm challenged. I'm stirred. I think, God, help us not to live below what you've called us to be and to do to carry this life-giving faith to entity, just to live it out in our daily lives. So faith hears, faith sees, and then faith speaks. 2 Corinthians 4.13, it is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. We speak faith-filled words, not words of discouragement or I don't know how I'm going to do it. Let's speak faith-filled words because faith is living in your heart. We believe, therefore we speak. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I listen to someone long enough, I can tell what level of faith is in their soul at that time. Because you can't avoid what's inside will come out. And God says, make sure there's faith and feed your spirit and your soul and you will have words of life coming out of your soul. It says, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus, with Jesus and present us with you to himself. This verse has been burning in my heart all week. Romans 10, 8 to 10. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. Here's the truth. It's got to be in your heart and then it'll be in your mouth. And when it's in your mouth and you speak it out, then it starts to draw kingdom, power, life, resources to you and through you to change the atmosphere around us. Oh, it's got to be in us and then it flows through us. This is more than positive thinking or just being encouraging. This is the faith journey of being in you and you speak it and then it brings things to pass that would never come if you don't speak it. And I was reading Reinhard Bonnke's story, how that he had this first big healing crusade and the healing evangelist he got to come, arrived, spoke for the first night, refused to pray for anyone and, and Reinhard's saying, I got you here, there's all these sick people here. And then Reinhard says, and the guy says, come back tomorrow, this evangelist says, prayer for the sick will happen. 
Ronald goes to pick him up next morning and this guy's packing his bags and heading out of town. Ronald's furious saying, you can't do this. He was only 22, 23 year old young guy. Ronald, he says, what are you doing? You've set the people up and, and now you're leaving. He says, I didn't say I was going to pray for him. I said, prayer for the faith. Said, it's your turn. Last night, God spoke to him and says, I'm to leave town and you're to step up and do it. But Ronald said he was freaking out. He was terrified. Absolutely terrified. He said, well, the people are going to be there. There was hundreds of people already there at nine o'clock in the morning for this meeting and they're all bringing their sick. And God says, it's now your turn. He was, God cornered him with faith. God does that sometimes. He just leaves no alternative, but you've got to step out in faith. You've got to run and hide, which is great embarrassment, or you've got to just step up and face it in your workplace, in our families. And God does it because he hears the cry of your heart. And when he, you say, God, you're not fair, he says, well, you've been praying for this for years. I've just helped get you there. Because if he doesn't help us get there, we don't keep fear of failure. And so Reinhardt has to go. He starts preaching. He says, the evangelist is not here, but we did promise we would pray for the sick. And as he started preaching, 10 minutes into his sermon, a lady jumps up, a blind lady says, I'm healed, I'm healed. And by the power of God all over that place, and they saw amazing miracles, and that was the beginning of his healing ministry. He said, I probably wouldn't have done it except God set me up. Because he knows fear will hold us instead of living a life of faith. And some of you are nodding your heads saying, hey, he's done that to me many times. He's done that to me a few times as well. God loves us and he wants to see. broken. So it says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what we do when we pray for people to come to Christ. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. See, it's heart and mouth. Our mind gets in the way, but if you get faith in your heart, your mind will catch up because your spirit, and you start to declare it, your mind then will have to line up with your heart and your words. And it all works together. Luke 17, 6, Jesus responded, If you have even the smallest measure of authentic faith, it will be powerful enough to say this large tree, my faith will pull you up by the roots and throw it into the sea, and it will respond to your faith and obey you. Now, God doesn't want us to be ripping up roots, trees everywhere, but he's trying to illustrate the point that when you know that you know that you know that God's given you a word, you've got to start speaking it out, and God will show you the strategy, the plan, the resources, the timing, all those things come into it. We want it all to happen immediately, but often there's a huge journey in the process on how do you grow your faith? Because there were people in the Bible who had no faith, little faith, growing faith, large faith, and unbelievably extravagant faith. We'll do a study in the Word of how that happens, because, boy, I need that. Matthew eleven twenty two says, Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt where? In his heart. Here it is again. It's got to be in your heart where your spirit believes the truth and then you speak it out with your mouth and that's when the breakthroughs begin and continue to happen. And there's tests of faith and that's another message we'll do about the tests of faith in our lives. It says, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. In God's unlimited power, 
but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. Whatever things you ask for in prayer in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Whenever you stand praying, did Jesus really have to put these words at the end of this incredible faith message? Yes, he did. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. You can have the greatest faith in the world, but if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, it'll sabotage it every time. That's not a judgment, it's just a reality. Whoa. That's how powerfully Jesus sees forgiveness and not letting offense and wounds rob you. Not saying it's easy, but Jesus will take us on the journey of forgiveness, of letting go. Someone say, oh, I'll forgive, but I can't forget. Well, the Lord can help you be healed from the pain. You might remember the incident, but it's now got no more released. That's the power of Jesus Christ. I want to ask the question, what do you confess about God, about yourself, and about circumstances and feelings? What mountains are you facing? And the Word of God there says, believe in your heart, and then say to the mountain and I shared this a couple of weeks ago we're so often so busy talking to God about the mountain he says start there which is what prayer is but then you've got to move by faith to start to speak to your mountain and just don't keep speaking to God about the mountain you say well well what where does prayer fit in prayer fits in by relationship and coming and asking God for insight and understanding and strength but there's got to come a time where you exercise your faith and not just waiting for God to do what he's told you to do. He says you believe in your heart, then you speak it. This is what Reinhardt said. God spoke to him and says, you've got the faith in your heart, but until you start speaking that sickness and commanding it to go, you'll never see the miracles. And he had to start to speak to things with authority. And about three years ago, God started shifting my heart from praying and hoping something happened to praying and knowing every time I pray, something happens. Something shifts. Sometimes you see the outcome. Other times it's a step forward. Sometimes people's thinking starts to shift. But I want to say you've got to come to a place of faith that when you pray and when you speak, you know something's moving because God says it will if you exercise faith. It's not that difficult, but it's hard because we think here instead of here. We, try, we want to understand it all. God says live out of here and understanding will come as you move forward. And God wants to teach you we've got to live by faith, not by sight. And it's, it's contrary to everything we do in our Western thinking, which is mind-based. Faith comes from in here, faith, and then you start to see the difference as you believe and speak consistently until it shifts. Wow. Some of you look at me and saying, whoa, this is a bit challenging. No, it's inspiring because when we, I've learnt to do this. And so often I settle for the easy road, but God says, no, keep stepping up for the supernatural road of believing for breakthroughs over your health, limitations, and having faith for the ideal and faith for the real, whatever that looks like for all of our journeys. And don't be discouraged on that journey. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Faith speaks what's in your heart, not just what's in your head and what other people say about you. So what do you listen to? What do you see? 
That's why I love worship and I love prayer because when I'm worshiping and praying, I often start to see things from God's perspective. I start to see hope come where I'm discouraged. I start to see an answer come in my spirit where finance is going to come from. Whereas before I was thinking, how are we going to pay for that? Trusts and doesn't give up. Wow, our time's up already. Come on, come on down, worship team. I just want to wrap this up today and our next one will be faith acts and grows. Faith hears, faith sees, then faith speaks. This is where most of us stumble. You think, well, how can I speak it if it's not happening yet? Well, in faith, it won't happen until you speak it. See, it, it's, it's the truth. The word is near your heart and your mouth. It's not hypocritical. It's living out of a higher realm of faith than just the natural. God is supernatural, which is his super on top of the natural. Faith is often the key that takes you where you start to believe for transformation in your soul, where you start to believe for breakthroughs, where you start to believe that with God's grace, you can overcome. And there's a fight of faith. Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have fought the fight of faith. Wow. Because let me tell you, when you step up to a new level, there's a new devil that will confront you. When you step up to a new level, there'll be a Christian who gets jealous of you getting more blessed than them. Uh-oh. There'll be a family member who says, well, it's okay to go to church once a month, but twice a week and you go into a life group and you're, you're helping other people all the time. What are you up to? They don't understand the journey of faith because they're looking with natural eyes. And we've got a choice every day whether we're going to walk and live by faith or we're going to settle for comfort zone. Do we bow down to the God of comfort and convenience or do we bow down to the God who is our awesome saviour and the one who can transform our lives and our world as we live by faith? Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.